0: Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I chat with visionary humans and I'm asking them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and build the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell and I am the founder of Visionary Life and the Visionary Method 90-day business coaching program for aspiring and startup entrepreneurs. The intention behind all of our visionary content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you to live and to lead your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. But perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe. And that led you to live an ordinary life. This show will help you break down the intimidation behind launching a business, and it will shine a spotlight on people just like you with similar life experience who are creating the business and life of their dreams using the time-honored principles of consistent daily action. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back. This episode's going live a little bit earlier than the usual timeline, but I'm really excited about it. It's an episode that I was able to record yesterday with one of my current Visionary Methods students, Erin. And Erin is the founder of an incredible business called Hera and Co. And her mission and vision is to make zero waste living accessible. And I recorded this episode with Aaron because I actually offer all of my students in the visionary method a chance to get on a podcast with me. And that means that they're able to share their business and get some exposure and have their product or service or brand launched to thousands of listeners. And I thought this was a really cool way to kick off the month of February. Aaron has accomplished so much inside of this program, and I almost didn't realize how much of an impact that perhaps this program made on her business, and what I also didn't know was that she started the Visionary Method almost exactly when she launched Hera & Co., so it was perfect timing for her to find the program, get on the fast track over 90 days to make stuff happen, and that she did. So we talk about everything from how she got the idea to start her business, what a day in the life is like being that she works full time and also operates Hera and Co. on the side, why she hand delivers a lot of her orders, her vision for Hera and Co. moving forward, the ins and outs of getting all her marketing and business plan and all her resources together and so much more. If you love this episode, if you want to learn more about the visionary method, I want you to know that we actually start another round on Monday, so Monday, February 11th. So time is truly running out to join, and I want to make sure that if you are an aspiring or a startup entrepreneur with an idea on your heart or in your mind, I want you to join, and we will help you build this out into a business There is nothing more powerful than committing to a 90-day program that really encourages you. I'm not going to say force because I never force students to do anything, but forces you to um, or encourages you to take action and get moving forward on your dreams. I mean, it is so easy to let our wildest dreams for our business and our life get crowded out. And I just don't want that to happen to you any longer. So if you know you are capable of building an income, a side hustle, a full-time job, whatever it is that you want to do from your idea, the visionary method will help you to get this into reality, get it for sale, and start making more money from your business. And we do that through six modules. We start on Monday, February 11th, but the first module doesn't officially launch till the week after, and we are covering everything from leadership, business plans, marketing strategies, your sales funnels, building community, creating an offer that's irresistible, and so much more. So, time is running out. I would head to kelseyreidel.com if you want to learn more. Um, Make sure you go check out Erin on Instagram, and she's dropped her handle and her website at the end of this episode, and I'm just super honored that, um, first of all, that she agreed to record this with me and that she was excited to be on her very first podcast, and I just know... There's some really big things ahead for Erin, so show her some love when you listen to this episode, and say hi. Okay, so Erin and I are here on a Friday evening recording this, so I have a feeling that we may veer off topic a little bit, being that I'm sure we both had long weeks. but. Thank you for coming and being on the show, Erin. I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: for having me. (laughs) So
0: on the Visionary Life podcast, we always start off with rapid fire questions. So I'm going to throw out a few questions to you so that the audience can get to know you and you can just say anything that comes to mind. Uh, We'll start with a really easy one. Where did you grow up?
1: That's actually not easy for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Starting off. Sorry. (laughs) Because well, I was born in the States, my childhood was in Burlington, Ontario, And then my older childhood, like teen years, were in Switzerland and Toronto. Where in Switzerland did you live? I didn't know this. Yeah, in Basel. It's like the peak between Switzerland, France, and Germany. Very cool.
0: I lived there for a year in Switzerland, so it has a special place in my heart. That's crazy. And uh, I was just recording another podcast earlier today, and they asked me, like, where would you live if you could live anywhere? And I was like, Switzerland. Mm
1: -hmm. 100%. (laughs) And then I said, I'd
0: probably need to win the lottery, though, because it's so expensive. Yes, that's true. Okay, next question. Is there a person, a podcast, or a book that's impacted your life?
1: Mm, this might sound a little bit strange or predictable, but I would honestly say you. Oh, <laughs> like, that was not the answer I was going I for. I know, I know. But like, in terms of initial like role models, I suppose... I would honestly say you because my friend was the one that directed me to your Instagram and you were the first really like businessy account that I ever followed. Mm, so,
0: that's so crazy because you're right. Like I feel like there was a moment in my life too where I started following businessy people and it mm-hmm. opened my eyes to a world I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Like or that people were interested in learning about. Mm-hmm, totally. Well, that's super cool. Thank <laughs> you for telling me that. I appreciate it. What is one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable?
1: Mmm. I always leave time to cuddle with my kitten. Oh, I love that <laughs> so much. Yeah, that's like my de-stressor.
0: Mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way. Sometimes I go home and I get straight to my desk and then I'll look over at our dog, Abby, and I'm like, no, like she mm-hmm. deserves focused time and it's, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one business skill that you're currently working on improving?
1: Um, consistency in engaging with my audience. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people give me positive feedback, but sometimes it's difficult to keep it going.
0: Yeah, and I feel like engagement, if you can devote time to nothing else, if you can connect and, you know, have those personalized conversations and respond, it can really impact your business. Mm -hmm. And what's one food that you could eat every meal for the rest of your life? Mm, Probably pizza. Mm.
1: Pretty basic.
0: Homemade or like pizza pizza?
1: Homemade because I eat plant-based, so the good cheese is the one that you make by yourself, not day or anything. How do you make cheese by yourself? Cashews. There, well, cashews, but then there's also um, this one random ingredient that took me so long to find to make like good mozzarella, and I forget what it's called right now, but it's kind of like the agent that like keeps it like kind of like squishy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're going to need to tell me that after. Yeah. yeah. I'm really
0: interested. <laughs> All right, let's move on from rapid fire, although I could spew out questions like that all day. Um, I wanna know what were you up to in the years leading up to Hera Co? So what was your career path? Were you always interested in zero waste? Just walk us through what you were doing before launching a business.
1: Okay, so I have been out of school for two years now. So initially it was graduate university and then get the corporate job because I was one of those people that got my summer co-op really early in school so I've been working in corporate life since my second year um, and haven't really stopped like I haven't had a break between then and even now. So it was mostly focused on like climbing the corporate ladder until I kind of had this epiphany of like I feel like there's so much more I can do in the world. like my work in corporate is awesome and I love my team and the people are great. but in terms of like making an actual impact, I had like a light bulb switch like over the summer. For the summer. So were you
0: feeling unfulfilled in your job? Did you just have an idea based on seeing someone else's business? Mm-hmm. What flicked the switch?
1: Um, so probably a combination of the two. So in my corporate job, since I had only ever known corporate and I never did like the small business experience or like a startup experience, it was always kind of in the back of my head. Um, But then when I initially was talking about the idea with friends, it kind of like got me asking like why don't I do this, like Mm -hmm. I totally could. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of tried it and treated it as like a side project, I never really called it a business until I probably started the visionary method to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's kind of just like a fun thing to have to keep me motivated when I wasn't feeling fulfilled in the corporate world. Mm So
0: as you were getting all these ideas to start a business, uh, were you like writing them down somewhere? Were you creating a business plan? Was it all just in your head at this point? Like how did you actually start to make this idea somewhat more of a reality?
1: Um, it was through talking to my friends who were also in, like had the same interests. So we kind of discovered the zero waste world together um, and that kind of sparked my interest through I never would write anything down formally it was more just like oh we could do this we could do this like there are so many opportunities for improvement in general and then it was kind of narrowing down okay what is our position to actually do something for real to help the cause basically Mm, very
0: cool it's awesome that you have um, friendships where you can talk about that type of thing and like-minded people I think that's Mm -hmm. so so important Mm -hmm. Um, on the topic of entrepreneurship Did you ever dream of being an entrepreneur? And have you ever had role models in your family who were business owners?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So it's actually interesting because in my third year of school, me and my roommate at the time, we wanted to start a sustainable clothing line, which I never equated that to wanting to be an entrepreneur until like very recently I had like remembered I even tried doing that and like we had a business plan and everything but since we were also in school it was hard to actually like bring it to life um and also I was way more into it than she was which is like totally cool but um yeah so going from like that to kind of going back to my corporate life like oh it'll never happen and then like this being sprung on again I feel like it's in my blood which is kind of funny because a couple weeks ago I was talking to my my aunt and my mom and apparently my grandpa was like an entrepreneur type as well but he passed away when I was in high school so he had never seen me in the working force and like we never really talked about like what he did in his past because I was so young. But it's kind of funny because, like, he would go to markets and, like, be talking to people. And apparently, like, our style of selling is very similar. Mm -hmm. And my aunt told me that when she noticed, like, the resemblance when she came to see me at a market, which is just so crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like it was kind of ingrained in you, even though you
0: didn't have the word to say that your grandfather was an entrepreneur maybe you were watching him and you kind of downloaded some of what he did and Mm -hmm. who knows maybe it's genetics too I mean my dad is an (laughs) entrepreneur as well and Mm -hmm. I watched him grow up as I was growing up like working really diligently um never being able to shut off, but also being so passionate about what he did. Mm -hmm. And even though I never aspired to be an entrepreneur, like that word just, we didn't throw it around. Mm -hmm. I think I saw that he never resented his job and that must have inspired me to eventually follow that path. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of neat to just explore like, where did this bone in our body come from?
1: Yeah. And even like, so that was in, so my grandpa's my mom's dad. And then I'm just thinking now. My mom also started a business. Oh. When we were younger, she because I have four siblings, so she a lot of like the last like 15 years she's been at home. But I remember she was doing like a cake business, Mm -hmm. and it was quite successful. She did the markets too. So that's like yeah. Does she still do it? Um, not formally. Um, it was more when we were living in Burlington she did it. But since moving to Switzerland and then back here, she's now working as a kid. So oh, very cool. Okay, so we haven't actually introduced
0: what Hera & Co. is. So for the listener who's never heard of your business or never been on your website before, could you give us a rundown of what it is?
1: Yeah, so Hera & Co., our vision is to make zero-waste living the new norm. And we do that through making zero-waste living accessible to people, so giving you the supplies that you need to do it. And then also the other equally important half of that is um, providing people with the education and the tools to be successful um, in their endeavor to kind of like go on the zero waste journey because it's not binary like you're not like not zero waste and then you fully are it's all a progress it's a process sorry and so um, our goal is just to make that process a lot easier for people because right now it's kind of tricky
0: mm-hmm. so I think we're even going to have to step back a little bit what is zero
1: waste. Right. So zero waste, the kind of blue sky zero waste, is not producing any garbage in your day-to-day life, Um, but also not producing any recycling is how we see it, because only 9% of what goes in your blue bin actually ends up going and getting recycled. So 91% of it ends up in landfills because of contamination and people doing it wrong. So although like you may be doing your part perfectly if your neighbor is doing anything maybe they're not doing it properly then everybody's trash or everyone's recycling sorry goes into landfill so um we do that through providing reusable alternatives to typically disposable things so for example like plastic cutlery we have like bamboo reusable alternatives that you bring with you Mm -hmm. so it's just being prepared to have your reusables on you so you can say no to disposable items Mm -hmm. And when did you personally start
0: hearing about zero waste and adopting this type of lifestyle?
1: Um, I think it was the beginning of this last summer. So I'm still really new to it, which I think gives me a, a unique perspective from a lot of other business owners in this area because I'm kind of like growing with my audience, like I'm learning things too. So it's kind of fun because people ask me questions and I'll have to respond with, I don't know, I'll research it and I'll let you know in a minute. So I think it kind of gives people a little bit of uh, relief because we're not expecting perfection, which I find a lot of other people in the zero waste community kind of do. But with that, you're hiding your garbage, which Mm -hmm. isn't productive for the whole cause. Mm, That's so true.
0: I love what you said about growing with your audience. I think what holds a lot of business owners back is that they feel like they can't launch or they can't put their product or service out there until they're the expert. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, you're never going to be an expert. Like I don't even like that word because you can always be a forever student, learning more and immersing yourself in the changing trends. And I think one thing that's really admirable about you is that you are clear about the fact that you are learning with your audience and that you're taking them into that journey, which is such an amazing way to launch a business because it brings people right inside your world, mm-hmm. shows that, like you said, perfection is not the goal, but mm-hmm. education and being an informed consumer is. And I feel like if people take nothing else from this episode, it's that you should launch before you're ready, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Like launch while you're learning and bring people onto that journey and not enough people do that. So I really like that you said that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so what were some of the very first steps that you took? So you've been chatting with your friends, you had this idea to launch a business. What happened next? Did you like create marketing materials? Did you start buying your products and inventory? Just walk us through a few of those first things that happened.
1: Um, I think I did it backwards. Honestly, okay. there's no right <laughs> way. <or> way. <laughs> um, because I honestly started with making my website because I'm the type of person that I'd like to have tangible things that I've done so to me, spending the time to write a business plan feels less impactful than having like a landing page ready mm-hmm. or something like that. And so if you were to go back, I was building my website on Squarespace, which I later found out didn't um, support Canada Post um, shipping estimates, which is a big problem if you're a product-based like business. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know until like a week before I launched. Okay. Yeah, because I I did it very quickly. Like from idea to actually launching, I think was maybe two or three months. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing I did was, I guess, build my website on Squarespace and then source my kind of like launch line. So I researched the most popular products and things that I personally use. Like everything on the site I use in my home. Um, So anything that I think is like crucial, I was sourcing that. And then a week before launch, I had to switch everything over from Squarespace onto to now Shopify, which is not only just moving it, but relearning now how to use Shopify um, in like a week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stressful. <laughs> a little bit. And that was the time when the visionary method started. So
0: Oh, see, it was I didn't lot. even realize that that all correlated together. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I, I really
0: don't think that you did it backwards by launching your site first, because I think there's so much power in... I always talk about this, but taking the idea out of your head and getting it either onto paper or onto your computer. And one way you can do that is by creating a website, right? Because that forces you to get an about page and Mm -hmm. like talk about what you are. That forces you to put something for sale. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to make money that forces you to have like a contact me where you have your email address or your hours of operation. So you're logically just going through the steps as you create the website to bring a business to life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm so on board with you saying too, that you just want to take action that Mm -hmm. more people should do that, especially with, um, you know, a lower risk startup. It's not like you had to lease a building for a year Mm -hmm. or invest in 500 treadmills. It's it's different, (laughs) right? With, um, a lower risk type business. So I think action is truly the key to um, just not letting fear hold you back mm-hmm. or not setting timelines that are like, I'm going to launch this in two years because yeah. what are you doing in the process? That's so, true. okay, now I'm wondering how did you get your very first few sales?
1: Did you just put it out there and it all happened magically? Kind of. Well, I, so a lot of friends and family knew about it. And so, like my, I think my first word was my mom, because she's like my number one supporter. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I also do a lot of, um, I guess, marketing on social media on my Instagram. So I find like my first couple sales where it was like, hmm, I don't like know that person. Um, it was usually someone from my Instagram Um, Or I had a Facebook ad running and I think my first week just to try it just for fun And a couple orders came in from BC, which I think I mentioned Mm to you But yeah, those ones were my first out-of-province sales Um, And I think a lot of it is going to be coming from my Instagram in the future, too Just because that's where I find is the best platform to not only educate people But also like make actual connections, which that's what leads to sales Mm -hmm. so A lot from Instagram, yeah.
0: That's cool. On the topic of social media, have you enjoyed the process of building relationships and building a business through social, like Instagram and Facebook?
1: Do you find that it's kind of tedious or foreign to you? How do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you knew my personal Instagram, you would think that it would be foreign. (laughs) And at first, it totally was. Like, I hadn't posted a story ever until I started my my hair and co-Instagram. So... At the beginning, it was definitely an adjustment because I'm like, well, do I curate it and make it look perfect or am I authentic and be like, hey, this is my real struggle and like these are, this is my real life. Um, And I think now I found a balance between the two. Um, But now that I have the hang of it and I have people engaging and I have my couple followers that are like super into it, Mm -hmm. I think it's so much fun because I really like to make connections with people and I really like to help people. So when people ask me whatever questions they have, like I'm on it and I love helping them and they're like, thanks. And I'm like, no problem. And it's just like vibes that are like super happy all the time. Mm -hmm. So now it's fun. At first it was really intimidating, but I love it now. I love to hear that too. (laughs) And I
0: think you're right when you start getting that positive feedback and when people reach out to you with comments, questions, it's really neat to know that you are making an impact with sometimes people you don't even know are following you or Mm -hmm. watching you and You never know when that person will be ready to make the sale, right? It might be the first time they watch your story. It might be the 900th. Mm -hmm. So being consistent and truly having a love for what you're talking about is kind of the name of the game in business growth. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you decide on the name Hera & Co.? Was that a struggle or did the name come to you right away? Because I know a lot of listeners, they get hung up on their business name.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a struggle. Um, I overthink everything, and that was probably the thing that took me the longest to figure out. Um, I forget. I think one day I just randomly decided to Google Greek goddesses, Mm -hmm. and Hera is a Greek goddess um, of motherhood and childbirth, depending on kind of where you're looking, but that's kind of like her overall um, theme, so the reason that I chose Hera is because motherhood, mother earth, childbirth kind of plays into her greek uh, goddess story in a way that she's very um, intense she had a lot of beef with other gods um, and she definitely told people what's up which i think a lot of people in the zero-waste community have that kind of quality about them it's like we can't just sit on this like we have to do something Mm -hmm. and the way that i interpret her story is like that's kind of like the vibe that she is Mm -hmm. so i think it kind of reflects not only the earth part but also like overall personality and then the and co is to be hip (laughs) yeah the and co is actually just i don't know it adds a great ring to
0: it and i love seeing people who use that co or sometimes i think co means community but maybe not
1: in your case i can totally make it that community so (laughs) that's really
0: cool though it's always interesting to hear how people land on a name because it can be something that stalls the progress of your business Mm -hmm. i know my brand name has had many iterations. It started as The Visionary Co. So mm-hmm. I also <laughs> really so liked many. that. Um, and then it's evolved a few more times to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to dive into just some business specifics. So number one, what's the best part about owning your own business?
1: Hmm, I think the best part is probably just being able to make an actual impact and you can quantify it Mm. because like for me it's like definitely not about the money, it's more about like helping people make these transitions. So it's making an impact knowing that now these people will have these tools and people are engaging but then also just being able to help people and now they have like a hub where they can not only get education but also like the things that they need where usually i find it's one or the other mm-hmm. like there are organizations for like environmental awareness that are purely like nonprofits just like putting out content like the IPCC like they just like publish reports and things like that yeah. and then there are other stores like in Toronto there are brick and mortar stores where you can get like all the same stuff well, not all, but some things from my collection in different spots. So it's just like consolidating everything and being like a zero-waste hub, mm-hmm. I think is very satisfying.
0: Ooh, I love that. So
1: when you're thinking long-term, is the
0: vision to really keep expanding on the education that you mm-hmm. provide, the product selection, mm-hmm. um, and just building that out into your all-in-one platform?
1: Yeah, like I also want to... Um, make it more interactive too so make like community-based like events like cleanups it's hard now because it's winter time and like especially in Canada we pretty much have half a year to do actual like outside activities and like shoreline cleanups and whatnot so um I definitely want to do that when the weather thaws out a little bit Mm -hmm. um but just make it kind of like a community that's a positive community and um just is like, will help you with all aspects of your zero waste journey. Mm, That's so good. And uh, yeah, I'm
0: very inspired by the way that you're thinking so much bigger than just, it's not just a product based business. Yeah. And there's just so many opportunities too, and the events that you could host and Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like it's really cool to see that your vision is that big already. And I'm sure it'll only grow. (laughs) Um, what is a tool or an object or a ritual that you couldn't live without in running your business?
1: Definitely. Like this is going to, it's so basic, my phone, mm-hmm. um, because when I do my local deliveries, um, I have to like map out where I'm going. I have to make sure that like my orders are right. And I have my Shopify app on my phone, my like transit app because I take TTC everywhere. So if I'm going to parts of the city that I've never been to before, which has happened pretty much every time of I'm worse. Like leaving the person's house, I'm like, Okay, phone, how do I get home? Like using buses and different transits that like I've like I was on the bus line twenty in Scarborough yesterday, which I've never been on, so
0: So let's pause here for a moment. You, if someone is within a certain radius, you hand deliver Mm -hmm. their order.
1: Yeah. And there are lots of reasons for that.
0: Okay. Why don't you walk us through some of those reasons? Because I think it's definitely one of the unique, um, it's one of the unique things about your business that's clearly very important to you. And I love these little things that you make a core piece of your business plan and stick to it. So Mm -hmm. tell us about the delivery. Yeah,
1: people think I'm crazy, but there is a method to the madness because if I were to just ship everything, not only are you wasting the supplies that it takes to package your product now, but also like the emissions of the truck going or the plane or the train or whatever it's going to go on. Um, And like if it's local to me, that just seems so ridiculous because right now obviously if we need to scale up like i'm going to have to figure out the logistics of that but for now the rate that i'm having my local deliveries i can do two or three a night and it's totally feasible so the way that um, i schedule it is you can choose your day but um, based on up to three orders that I get that night, I'll optimize my route on TTC, and then I'll just do it myself. Because my thing is, I'm going to go home from work at the end of the day anyways. So taking a couple side routes to avoid A, the packaging, and B, the extra emissions just seems so logical. And that way, I can also make it free, because I'm already paying my fare home anyways. So. It's like a win-win for everyone wow and do you feel like this is scalable like as you
0: start to get more orders do you envision continuing to do the free delivery and continuing it to be you specifically
1: um me specifically definitely not um because I also have to run everything else (laughs) um you wear all the hats in your business (laughs) I work (laughs) full-time yeah yeah that's the kicker (laughs) the full-time bit Um, But I actually have had a lot of people message me on Instagram saying that if I need help with deliveries, they'll they'll be like, I can just do some near my house. And so I think that that concept, like that's crazy, A, that people would just volunteer to do that. Um, But I think that that idea can totally be um, like copy paste in a bunch of different areas. Mm -hmm. So right now it's just Toronto and I want to expand it to like wider GTA, but I definitely don't have the resources yet. Um, and I have to think about how that would work logistically. Mm-hmm. But. but to be clear, people who are outside of Toronto can still
0: purchase from your shop, right? And yeah. you will ship it. Yeah, yeah. it's just okay. the shipping factor. Cool. Yeah, it's very um, admirable. And I love that you say people reach out because I think um, people want to help. And they love people love supporting and celebrating entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. startup businesses. And my friend the other day said... Well, everyone has baby showers and wedding showers. Why can't we throw new business owner showers? That's
1: so funny. And shower them
0: with resources that they need. Like, hey, you've never done email marketing. Why don't I share my platform with you? Or, hey, do you need like headshots for your website? Why don't I do it? I'm a photographer. And I just thought, that is such a beautiful idea as someone who... Um, doesn't have kids yet, but have celebrated all my friends'
1: kids. I'm like, well, the visionary method is my child, so (laughs) can (laughs) we host a little party? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, there have been people that I don't know personally, and they just follow me, and they're like, hey, how can I help you? And so I I do want to implement some sort of, like, program where it's, like, not ambassador, because, like, everyone does ambassador programs, but, like, more Mm -hmm. meaningful than just, like, hey, promote me, but, like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's actually work together and, like, make this a thing which I think would be really fun. I think that's such a great
0: idea, whether it's like
1: the Zero Waste
0: Collective or Co. Yeah, there Um, is one actually. Is there? Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and just rallying together a group of like-minded people. Maybe you go out and do an event together, or a bunch of you do a delivery and kind of like surprise someone with a team of people that drops their products on their doorstep. But Mm -hmm. just thinking about the impact that can make on one person, or if you shared it on social media, it's just such a cool, authentic way to promote your business without being salesy or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just sharing what you're up to and rallying the troops to mm-hmm. get in on it. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of power in, yeah, whether it's an ambassador, an influencer, or just getting people together. Yes, so who wants to help? <laughs> something to think about for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, If you ever feel stuck or uninspired or just exhausted, you work full-time and then you run Hera & Co. So when you're in a funk or when you're just feeling lethargic from all that you do, what do you do to shake that mood?
1: Um, Honestly, this is going to sound a little bit depressing, but I watch documentaries telling us how the earth is going to die. Or even just like a five-minute YouTube video. Like If you were to just search on YouTube like environmental facts or something chances are it's scientists telling you that everything's going to just like explode one day. <laughs> so that doesn't take a lot of time before I quit the documentary and I'm back on it because it's something that I genuinely care about. So it really doesn't take me to like, oh, that like it doesn't take me that much to be re-inspired, which is, I don't know if that's luck or intention, but I don't know doesn't take a lot. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. And it it makes perfect sense
0: that that's what you would turn to. Um, If you could offer advice, because I know so many of the people listening to this podcast also have full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. And they want to start a side hustle or a passion project. But they, I don't want to say use the excuse, but they're limited. And they're putting up a barrier because they say, I don't have time. Or I would have to quit before I started this. Mm -hmm. What advice could you offer to someone who is working full time and is kind of yearning to start up a passion project? Mm -hmm. Based on the fact you've done it, you
1: know how busy it can be, but perhaps you have something wise to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say get all of your friends on board and make sure that they understand what you're doing because. The biggest thing for me is saying no to people like I'm I'm a people pleaser like I don't like to tell my friends like oh No, I have to work on hair and co. And they don't fully understand it And like everyone's just like angry at the whole situation But if you tell them that it's something that you actually care about Then they'll kind of like give you a couple like free passes of just like a last-minute bail when you have to finish something But then also internally like just for like yourself to keep motivated I would say start off by waking up like half an hour early and doing your work in the morning time because in the evening it's so hard to like not just like sit on your couch and just like veg out for the evening because you're so tired. So if you like wake up, I used to do this thing called morning pages um, where I would just write for like three pages straight about just like my ideas because I was so confused at the beginning and like didn't even know what I wanted. So that helps me wake up motivated, and then I'd have a really productive half hour, and then go on with my day, and then be like excited throughout the day of what I can do in the evening, Mm. if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with that, especially because I'm also
0: a morning person, but I've listened to so many podcasts of some of the most successful people and business owners that I admire, and just people who have built these incredible brands and businesses and all of them have this consistency of waking up early. Mm-hmm. So I think no matter whether you work full time or if you do your your own business full time, those morning hours, there's something about them. They're magical, you're the most clear and fresh and mm-hmm. like you said, it kind of gets you excited for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I think for someone who is currently working full time, Those are the golden hours. Before you devote all your brain power to the job that you maybe don't even like, get up sit down at your desk, make a coffee and like
1: power through because Mm -hmm. you can accomplish a lot in half an hour I'm sure you totally can like I pretty much did my entire email marketing templates just in like those half hour chunks Mm -hmm. which I now they're live now at the time they weren't so I was like I don't even know if this is useful but now I'm like thank god I did that because I don't have to do it now it's so true it is when you're
0: building a business even though sometimes it feels like I have no idea what I'm doing why am I creating this Mm -hmm. but you'll look back on it and be so glad that you put those systems in place like email marketing templates just because you do it once Mm -hmm. and then it's usually good for the rest of time until you modify it. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of email marketing, before we kind of start to close this interview down, how important is it for you to uh, reach out to your customers via email or build an email list? I'd just love Mm -hmm. to hear from your perspective how you feel about that realm of marketing.
1: Um, Honestly, I'm really uncomfortable with emailing people because I'm the type of person where my inbox is like 500 emails and also Gmail filters out marketed emails to like their promotions folder. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of disheartening. However, um, the way that I've worded my emails is very just like me talking like, hey, thanks for the order. Like, let me know if I can help you. And a lot of people do reply to those with questions and things. So it's important not only to have that in the orders when they're placed, but then to build your email list so then you can kind of have another, like, form of communication with people, and then those are, like, your intents, like, I love your content people, so you can kind of have, like, a bigger space to fill instead of, like, an Instagram post, or just, like, a couple hundred like characters or whatever Mm -hmm. so it just gives you more opportunity it's still a work in progress though yeah yeah I I feel like it always (laughs) will be and yeah (laughs)
0: but you're right email marketing is a bit of a beast because half the time your email does go to junk and it's not read by people so you kind of have this doubt of who's actually reading these and does it impact my business but Mm -hmm. there's one thing I realized a lot of and this is why I teach it in the visionary method it's that Um, It's never a bad idea to build that list because Mm -hmm. some people do love receiving emails. I'm the type of person, I love my inbox. Like If someone (laughs) I admire or a business I love emails me, I can't wait to open it because I value the content that they have inside. So Mm -hmm. I think there's always a place for it so long as you're being authentic and, like you said, speaking in your own voice. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be like some... I don't know cold-hearted like make the sale every time it's just educational and light-hearted and hopefully the people who love it um, continue to stay on your list and want to hear from you Mm -hmm. okay so as we wind this down if there is one piece of advice that you could offer to everybody about starting to go
1: zero waste what would that piece of advice be um, well, the first thing you have to realize is where you're at now, because I talk to a lot of people that are like, but I recycle. And as mentioned earlier, doesn't really make a huge impact. So just like recognizing the amount of waste that is exiting your apartment or your house or even like in your office and just noticing those bins and how like confused they are, like there's garbage and recycling, recycling and garbage. Um, it kind of, that's like the motivator to make all the other changes. And then just starting with one thing that's really simple, like I have my reusable like coffee mug and I bring this with me every day. And then it kind of gets addicting because you're like, oh my gosh, with this, I'm diverting like one cup of coffee at least a day, which over a year is so much. So it's like motivating to see that those one or two first changes that you make and then it kind of just like grows from there. Mm-hmm. So As you're talking about that, I just
0: can't stop thinking about like when you build a business, it's just one small thing at a time. When you go yeah. zero waste, it's just one, it's never meant to be an overnight switch. Mm-mm. It's never meant to be that you're an overnight billionaire and that's not how it works. The game never works like that. It's just, can you make the most micro shift today and then tomorrow make another micro shift whether we're talking about zero waste or starting up your dream business. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you see yourself in five years time? Are you expanding your product line? Are you growing your website? Or are you just kind of riding out the wave of where you're at
1: now? Um, I definitely want to expand the educational side of it, honestly, more than the product side, because everything that we have now can get you started. Like you're pretty set. But the educational side is about—it's more important because we have 12 years, which is now probably 11, according to the IPCC, before climate change is irreversible. So I just want to like cast my net and be like, hey, everybody, have you even thought about this? Because like the cause matters, like the sales—it'll be there if people need it. The line will probably expand. Eventually, but my main focus is just like yelling the zero waste cause to the Mm -hmm. world, whether that's through Instagram or making freebies or um, hosting workshops and having like talks with people. Like, I'm gonna go to Sick Kids in April and just like educate people and like scream it so oh you have like a talk booked um it's like part of their doing a sustainability fair so I met one of the girls at a market so we're gonna do that I'm just gonna go to the fair like I'm not selling anything it's yeah. purely for education which I was like yes I will be there that's so neat
0: and I think getting out and doing things like that is really vital to your business so mm-hmm. it's great um, and last question. So this is on a personal note, but I am getting ready to launch the next round of the Visionary Method, mm-hmm. and you were a student in the last round. I'm wondering what's one thing you learned that you found a lot of success in, or that you found very valuable? Because I know there's a lot of content in the course. I'm just wondering if there was something that stuck out.
1: Yeah, there's like so many things. I actually I was writing a list of things before coming here. And the, honestly, just, like, the overall clarity, not only of, like, my vision and my mission and all that, but just, like, how to execute the next thing. Like, there's content there for, like, literally anything you ever want to do. So it's honestly just, like, I feel so much more confident to take this on because, as I mentioned, um, the visionary method started when Hair & Co. launched, and so... I found that was perfect timing to like set that date because as the modules go on, it's kind of like the maturity of your business goes goes on too and it's pretty it's lined up pretty perfectly with like the progress of my business and I don't know, it's probably because I was putting in that work, like it wouldn't have happened if I didn't do it, but it's really nice to like have all of my questions like in one little Package yes pretty. <laughs> oh I love that yeah, yeah I know yeah. I,
0: I realized that 90 days is definitely it's a, a quick time period to go through all that but mm-hmm. I very much believe in taking action and building momentum so I think mm-hmm. no matter what timeline I did it in people would actually accomplish the exact
1: same amount totally and it feels like it's been a year like it feels <laughs> like it's been a long time yeah. <laughs> because it's just crazy what it's gone from like zero to what it is now mm-hmm. like people always comment they're like wow it looks like so established and I'm like yeah well I started 90 days ago so (laughs) yeah and that just goes to show though that when you put in the work Mm -hmm. results
0: do come but Mm -hmm. you put in consistent work I can tell you that (laughs) so that's pretty cool uh well where can people learn more about Hera and Co where can they shop your products give us every single place we can find you
1: um, so our Instagram will give you the most fun, quick tips all the time, so that's at hera.and.co, um, and then our website is just heraandco.ca, or you can just Google and and it's the first thing that pops up, um, and we have extra educational content on the site, that's more ebooks and things like that. Um, but then the Instagram, my stories are always very informative and it's a lot of education heavy on the Instagram products on the website with some longer format education. And I've definitely learned lots of good tips about recycling through watching your stories. <laughs> it's opened my <laughs> I eyes I go too. on and on and on. <laughs> oh, it's great though.
0: I need it. So I think the people who um, find your page and are interested in this concept, like you're so informative and you know so much. So it's really great to learn from you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you doing this on a Friday night. <laughs> We're really cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I hope that the audience will get in touch with you and go explore the site. So thank you. Aaron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram, at Kelsey Riedel, or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Riedel on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to healthyrattle.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you. Have an incredible day.